Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com, so please subscribe. Today we speak with Fortune Majapalo and also to Mikhail Nikomarov of Bushveld Minerals. We talk to them about their share price and shorting. Uh, we also discuss the growth plans for the company and also today's announcement about the acquisition of Vanchem. Good afternoon, Fortune, and good afternoon, Mikhail. How are you? Very good, thank you. Yeah, How good. are you? It's good. Good to, good to talk to you again. Uh, we met Fortune in London a, a few months ago. He kind of gave us an introduction to the story, and Mikhail, it's the first time we've met, so lovely to have you on board. Hello. Thank you. Well, why don't we start, Fortune? Can you give a, a, the usual one-minute summary for people new to the story so we know what we're going to be talking about? For those a bit new uh, to this push for minerals, AIM listed uh, integrated uh, primary vanadium company uh, with a fairly clear strategy that we want to be our, uh, leading our significant uh, low cost primary uh, vanadium platform that's integrated downstream into the very exciting energy storage market. Uh, two parts to our story on the one hand is um, our primary vanadium production, which combines uh, a collection of uh, vanadium deposits, which combined, you know, present three 550 million ton resource of high-grade vanadium uh, deposits, which is the largest high-grade primary vanadium uh, resource base of anybody are in the world, uh, which is complemented with two processing facilities. Uh, Vametco, which is in uh, Brits, uh, which uh, is currently been uh, the sole source of our revenues, uh, supplying 2,560 metric tons of an which is just under 3% of the global market last year. Um, and uh, today we actually completed the acquisition of our second plant, which is Vankem, which is based in the province. Uh, between the two, uh, plants, uh, we have now a very good platform to scale up our production following a refurbishment program at Vancam and an expansion uh, program we are, are undertaking at Vometco to more than treble our production base to uh, 8,400 uh, metric tons of vanadium over the next uh, uh, three to five years. Um, so that's that's one part of our business and we like the fact that we the two processing plants now we have a fairly good uh, product mix, uh, which is broad, which comprises nitrovan and ferrovanadium, which is used in steelmaking, uh, vanadium pentoxide, vanadium trioxide, as well as vanadium chemicals. And following the completion of our electrolyte manufacturing plant in East London, will also include vanadium electrolyte. So that that platform then uh, positions us very well uh, in our view to respond to what is a really exciting and growing uh, multi-billion dollar energy storage market, uh, which will be dominated by long duration type energy storage in which uh, we see Vanadium Riddles flow batteries really shining. And uh, we think it's quite important that we position the company uh, for that sector. And we do that uh, through Bushford Energy, uh, which is really well positioned to drive the adoption of Vanadium Riddles flow batteries in, the, uh, in, in, in that sector. Okay, great. Thanks for the summary. 
You've got a couple of press releases out today, uh, which I guess you want to talk about. Um, I'd like to talk about it too, but can we talk about it in the context of what you're trying to build? We, we last spoke, you were talking about building an integrated business. Uh, a lot of people do, but they don't necessarily have the wherewithal or knowledge how to do that. So VanCam Van acquisition for you, quite important. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? What we announced today uh, was the completion of a transaction, which is obviously uh, long been in the works, and we've announced it in the market uh, on the first of May this year. And uh, we we delighted that one, we have been able to complete this transaction and take over uh, VanCam, but secondly, also that we've been able to do it on transaction terms and a structure, which we think is uh, is very good um, and 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 and, and very uh, positive for the group. Uh, you know, financial position. Yeah, can you talk about that? It's like 53 and a half million bucks. So how does that break down? And why did you do it like that? Well, um, you will recall that initially the transaction was announced as a $68 million transaction. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, in the short term, I think we all know that there's been some uh, a downward movements in the Canadian prices. Uh, we saw in that an opportunity in our view uh, to have a conversation with the sellers uh, around how we possibly restructure that transaction, uh, and we're very grateful that uh, you know they were I think pragmatic and realistic in, uh, in, in agreeing to that. So the 52.5 million dollars was the revised transaction uh, consideration, um, which is payable with 30 million dollars, which we paid now, and uh, 23.5 million dollars is in effect a deferred consideration. Uh, in the form of a convertible bond, uh, which uh, has got a two-year uh, term, um, you know, I think if you if you take a very very short-term view, um, it, it is you know what's happened in the market is good justification for the kind of structure that we have. Our view, however, you don't buy. I would say you don't buy a plant with on the basis of a 12-month outlook in the Canadian price. Uh, ours is medium to longer-term outlook and the commodity. And we think that the transaction structure we've agreed is is really good, um, and uh, you know we remain very bullish about the outlook for the Canadian market. Fantastic. And, and how, what, so, what are the terms of the convert that you did? Just want to understand the detail. So it's a it's a two year convertible, um, and uh, it uh, earns an interest um, of five uh, percent. And um, the uh, convertible, um, they, the holders of the convertible have the right, uh, so 5% is per annum, have got the right to convert it, 50% uh, of it are uh, into Bushfold shares after 12 months, okay. uh, and another 50% after 12 months. If they don't uh, convert, then after two years, uh, we uh, either uh, redeem uh, that bond or uh, possibly convert uh, that, uh, uh, that 23.5. Uh, into Bushwood shares. The convert is uh, based on a VWAP uh, basis uh, with uh, a small discount applied to it at the time that the uh, election is exercised. Okay, okay, appreciate that. So that's not going to come back and hurt anyone further down the line? Well, not, we, look, we, we think that the story of Bushwood, and even before we talk to uh, Bushwood Energy, has got a lot of headroom for growth. Um, I personally do believe that um, the, uh, the sellers of Vancam uh, would be very well served to convert into Bushfold shares and hold uh, and participate in the growth of the company. And, and I do believe that as we execute our strategy, indeed, that uh, 
that proposition uh, will only become that much more attractive. And um, I think there's a fairly good chance that they may well, you know, consider to take it up. Um, and if they do, let's keep in mind that it's DeFerco uh, we're talking about. Um, they are very credible party that has been quite active in the vanadium market, I wouldn't have a problem at all having them on the register of offshore minerals. I think that would be a positive thing. Okay, okay, fine. And so, and just because I know we this was announced in May this year, but just again, remind people, what, what do you get within that deal? You get the plant, obviously, but there's a, there's a bunch of other things too. And what value do you attribute to each of those? So, so Vancam is uh, got three kilns, um, and um, it has um, uh, a chemical plant. Uh, it has two. Uh, so it's also got a facility that produces vanadium pentoxide. It also produces vanadium trioxide. That's actually quite attractive that you can you can produce those two uh, distinct uh, uh, oxides. Uh, you know, just to put it in context. At Vermetco, we produce what we call MVO before we convert it into nitrovan. Uh, an MVO is a bit of a mix uh, of you know vanadium pentoxide, some trioxide, even some. Uh, uh, different uh, uh, oxides. It's a bit of a mix, um, and and the ability to produce a pentoxide product and a trioxide product is actually quite valuable. And then it's got two convergent facilities for ferrovanadium, uh, which will allow us to convert either pentoxide or trioxide into uh, ferrovanadium. Um, and uh, the fact that it's got three kilns means also that you've got a lot of flexibility in the way you run that plant. At Vermetco, if we shut down the kiln. Um, that means that we stop roasting, right? Uh, yeah. While we're doing that, stop well, revenue. Uh, well, not entirely, because you still have some product that's past the kiln that's already in the leaching facilities, etc. Um, but the, the news here, the good news here with Vancom is that I can stop one kiln for maintenance, and I can have two kilns that are still running at full full throttle. Mm. Um, and, and you know what? The ability to scale up and down your production also in response to where exactly the market is in, in the short term is quite quite positive. Beautiful. And and um, tell us a little bit about the South African Japan vanadium property, um, and also the acquiring the the hundred percent shares of Avanti. Do they hold real value today to you, or are those something further for, further down the line? Well, the SAJV speaks to uh, one of the ferrovanadium conversion facilities. Um, I mentioned that there are two of them. One of them essentially operates as an aluminothermic uh, conversion facility. The other one is a deduction furnace. Both of them produce ferrovanadium. The one, you know, converts ferrovanadium uh, pyroxide. Uh, uh, the other one converts vanadium pentoxide. Uh, so they they do have um, a lot of value, uh, as I indicated. The ability to produce uh, different grades of vanadium, uh, 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 sorry, of ferrovanadium, is, is quite attractive. Um, Ivanti um, is um, is a slightly uh, different thing. Ivanti holds the um, the rights to um, uh, the residual vanadium that gets recovered from um, from the, the from what is called the, the TODEM, which is part of the vanadium processing flow sheet at um, uh, at Vancamp. There is a commercial contract in place with another company that expects you know, whatever residual vanadium that, that is there. And through the acquisition of the shares of Evanti, obviously, uh, we, are, uh, you know, we, we acquire uh, the rights associated with, with that uh, process.
Okay, so I'm just I'm just trying to again uh, paint a picture in my head about the building blocks that you're putting together to create this vertically vertically integrated business. Um, you've 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 made you obviously completed this acquisition. What's in the horizon? What else in your mind do you need to put in place? I, I guess you're going to, Mikhail, you're going to talk about the energy component in a second, but you know, on the vanadium side, what's what's in your mind? Well, Vancam is the is the only other was the was was the only other remaining primary vanadium plant that existed in South Africa. Um, so between that plant and Vanetco, we have two of the three primary vanadium plants in South Africa, or two of four operating primary vanadium plants in the world. Um, between the two, on the back of a refurbishment program and the expansion uh, capex at Metco, we will be in a position to produce 8,400 tons of energy. And as I indicated earlier on, that's more than treble of what we produced last year. Mm. So between the resource space we have, and by the way, even producing at 8,400, we, we, we still are not consuming over life excuse me, over the life of mine, we're still not consuming even a quarter of the resource base that we have. Um, so with the large resource base, with the processing capacity that we have, we think we are in a very strong position to, um, one, uh, supply on a low-cost basis into the steel industry with a broad range of products, as we indicated, uh, to produce vanadium chemicals as well. But we're also in a very good position to respond to what, as we indicated earlier, we see as a growth uh, energy storage market, and we also be very proactive as a company to unlock that market opportunity. Mm. When we are successful to do that, we want to make sure that the security of supply of vanadium into that space is not in question. So, it, to your question around our strategy, we think with Vancam and Vermetco and our resource base, we now are well positioned to really drive up our production. Uh, low-cost production base, and we really have a solid platform to then do uh, the kind of work that we're looking at in the energy storage market, which Mikhail can tell you about. In terms of pipeline, then, you are done now. Is that what you're saying on this side of the business? Well, let me let me put it this way. If, if the energy storage market forecasts that, uh, you know, produce, you know, forecast something like 100,000 megawatt hours of energy storage deployments per annum by 2027 uh, come to pass. And if you assume that only 10% of that, and keep in mind that 90% of that is going to be long duration energy storage, right? Which is kind of the sweet spot for Canadian flow batteries. If VRFBs could capture only 10% of that, we will need something like 50,000 pounds of new vanadium supply piano going forward right and uh, that's more than 50 percent 2018's global vanadium production so yes i think i think we are we do well to focus over the next year few years in in unlocking the processing capacity uh and you know the growth within the assets we already have now but make no mistake the world will need much much more vanadium than that and we've made the point before that we think the Bushford complex is the Pilbara of vanadium. Uh, and uh, there is large resource base beyond what we have. And I do believe that the eyes of the world will invariably turn to the Bushford complex for vanadium. So you can never say that uh, we're done. Yeah, and, and plus we still retain a lot of optionality to, to improve the processing capacity that we have. 
um, you know, we've still got the the resource at Mokopane, which will which will be one of the ways that we feed feedstock into Vancam. But that was our first project. We can still build a whole new mine and processing facility there. We can put another kiln at uh, Vemetco. You know, as we mentioned, Vancam has three. Vemetco has one. We have more than enough uh, resource to do that. The question, you know, is do we need to put you know that much more volumes? And if the demand says yes. We can do that a lot faster than someone who doesn't have the resource or doesn't have the grade or actually doesn't even have the mining rights. We have the rights to to increase capacity at all of those sites. Right. Okay. No, no, that's a fair, fair point. And the reason I'm asking is I'm trying to get an, understand, an understanding of what the cash crumbs are, are of the business going forward. You, you know, you've just completed this acquisition, which is great, and you've structured it in a very interesting way to kind of defer payment of, for part of, for, you know, 40% of the, of the payment. Um, if there's nothing else in the pipeline, so there's no big capital um, required for that, fundraising required for that, there's no capital outlay required going forward. I just think this is obviously good, good news. You're focused on generating cash. Well. Is that is that the is that the plan? We're focusing on generating cash and we're focusing on growth. Both. Our story, our proposition still remains propositions. I said we want to be producing at a rate of more than three times what we did last year. But that's a capital growth story. We want to secure a significant position in the energy storage market as a capital growth proposition. But we want to do that leveraging a very solid cash generation platform, uh, which obviously we're able to do with the resource the processing uh, platform that we've got today. Good, understood. Mikhail, should we talk to you about Bushfield Energy? Right, um, you, you get a lot of uh, coverage online for um, your expertise, so I'm hopefully share with some of that with us today. Um, do you want to tell us again, just a little, little summary of what Bushveld Energy is and what you think it can become in the context of Bushveld Minerals? Sure. Well, I think what it can become is maybe even larger than what we're doing on the mining side. You know, I'm not going to put a timeline on that, but in terms of upside, <laughs> that is possible. Uh, but that's where the market is going. Yeah. Um, it's just a we, we get there. The, yeah. in, in, Bushfell Energy does itself, you kind of think of it as three verticals. You know, one is around electrolyte, um, that is a specific type of vanadium chemical. It's the piece that stores uh, energy within the batteries. Uh, we're building a facility in London. We're doing it together with the uh, Industrial Development Corporation. Uh, we got our uh, environmental approvals earlier in September. Uh, we just uh, went out um, uh, to tender for the, for, for the construction of, of, the, of the facility there. Uh, and the second thing that we're doing within Electrolyte is we've uh, created a, a rental product where we take advantage of the fact that the, the medium doesn't degrade through use in the battery. It can be fully recovered and either redeployed in another battery or converted very cheaply into ferrovanadium again. So so that those that's the second thing. It's kind of more of a financial product. Um, the, the second part within what Bushville Energy does is around uh, manufacturing. We envision there being a facility in South Africa for assembly of uh, vanadium reductive batteries when the market grows. Uh, but more recently, what we started to do is work uh, with the vanadium battery original equipment manufacturers. And there's a number of ways we work with them, but one of the things we've announced is an investment, and I can talk more about that further. Uh, but definitely, we, we feel that, that these companies are, there's some good ones out there. Um, they're going to generate a lot of upside in, in their value. 
um, as the stationary storage market grows and as we see this trend towards longer duration where, where, where our technology is a lot more powerful. And then the last piece is around deployments. So we do project development. We've got a, we've got a team that looks for opportunities to deploy uh, energy storage, sometimes coupled together with renewable energy, sometimes on its own. Uh, and really that's quite an exciting opportunity, especially in, uh, on, the, on our continent where the need for energy, electrical energy is very high, but the provision of it is very unreliable. Okay, Greg, can we get into some of this? Because we spoke to a lot of, well, we spoke to a few vanadium-focused companies, some big ones and some small ones, some wannabes, or uh, I think someone described them as some someday companies. Um, and they do like to include um, their version of how they are going to get into vanadium redox flow batteries. And it's 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 hard to believe sometimes so you guys are a lot further down the line than most can you tell us about some of the engage the engagements that you've got with industry players what you're trying to do with them what's the timeline what's it going to take in terms of uh, your commitment and money to be able to kind of get you to a point where there's some sort of economic benefit for shareholders yeah well there's there's been a lot of engagement i mean you know, it, 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 I think in the industry, we know all the players. That's partially why we, we, we think there's there's more that we can do, uh, both from an investment point of view and also a bit of a kind of a standard bearer to say, look, a lot of these companies, well, some of these companies are very good ones. Uh, they deserve investment um, and they can offer very good returns on that investment. So one of the things that we've, we've, we've done through this kind of vanadium electrical battery uh, investment platform or, or VIP to keep it, to keep yeah, it short. Yeah, I saw that. Good. <laughs> Well, you know, it's, 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 it's catchy, but, but it actually has a big function behind it um, because, you know, what we see as besides the supply of the vanadium, you know, the other obstacle that most of these companies have outside of maybe a Sumitomo, uh, which is kind of large enough to support itself, is they need scale, right? And it becomes a chicken or the egg. You know, to get scale, you need to have orders. To have orders, you need to get your costs down. You get costs down with economies of scale. Right, and and one of the things that we liked in the specific transaction of uh, of Avalon Battery and Red Tea is a merger. Right, it's two companies looking completely different markets, um, having different sets of skill sets, um, the ability to maybe create, have some synergies on the cost side, on the R and D side. But but you know you combine their pipelines, and all of a sudden you know you you've got a lot more scale. You get to that 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 that, that economy faster. And it's not you have to wait two years. You you get there in one year, for example, instead of four years, you get there in two years. It needs less capital to get there, so it's a less risky investment. We think that's very good for the industry. That's why we like that transaction. And so, and what what are you bringing to the party here? Is it just, are you bringing cash, knowledge? Uh, how are you partnering with these people? Are you retaining uh, the existing uh, senior management there, or are you just taking over the the assets? What's, what's that look like? Maybe just before Mikhail speaks into specifically what we bring to the party, I think an important point to highlight is that we could have taken a view that says, look, we do like vanadium flow batteries and we hope that vanadium flow batteries, you know, catch catch on and uh, become a dominant solution for energy storage. And hey, we're going to supply electrolyte or vanadium pentoxide into that market and, and, and leave it at that. The view we took right from the beginning is that it's going to be quite important that we're very proactive in unlocking the opportunity. And rather than leave it to Vanadium Redux flow battery manufacturers to do it, we saw specific 
things we can do as a company to unlock it is particularly um, which we, we recognize that the technology is there. The technology is in commercial deployment. But two critical things you need to address. One is the market. And energy markets are very, very regulated world over. And they're very structural, right? And there are levers there that if you get right, you unlock the opportunity at a large scale and the kind of scale that you need to drive the cost of the systems down. Um, and, and also it's very local knowledge heavy. Uh, in terms of you know unlocking these opportunities, so don't leave it just to the VRFB manufacturers to go and, and do that. We can do that, and it is not a capital-intensive effort. It is an IP-intensive effort. People that understand the sector they operate in, that understand the, the structure of the energy markets, and can go and unlock that. That's the one part. The second part we recognized we we are uniquely placed to do is to address the question of the security of supply of vanadium and to address the question of the cost input of vanadium into these batteries. And as a company, with what we have done now, we've demonstrated we can answer those questions very decisively. Once you've done that, you're now really in a position where you say, okay, now to a large degree we've de-risked, uh, to a large extent, uh, the VRFB OEMs. Uh, we don't need to try and reinvent the technology. Uh, what we can do is to work together with them. And the VIP is the critical part of how we work with uh, the Vanadium Redux Flow Battery manufacturers. Yeah. Okay. So in terms of what we can bring, yeah, capital is one, but I think it's not just our capital, it's the ability to bring other investors along with us. You know, a lot of times being the first is difficult, yeah. being the second is a lot easier. We don't mind being the first. We understand the risks a lot better than I think other investors, especially around the Vanadium supply piece. We're very confident it can be solved and we're willing to put our money to, to, to prove that. Um, so I think that's one is we can we can drive capital towards that both from our own um, uh, uh, kind of capabilities, but also from, from external investors. The second is definitely in the supply. And you'll see part of that agreement is we have, uh, we have a right of first refusal on supply of vanadium, of electrolyte, and of vanadium as a rental. Yeah. So those are things we can help solve for both as a product, but we can actually develop things around specifically what the customer needs. Um, because sometimes you need a 10-year solution, sometimes it's 20-year solution, sometimes it's 25. Um, there may be certain requirements that are needed to, to make a project you know, be bankable, rather than someone who's buying the battery and, and has it entirely in their balance sheet. Those are all different ways that we can be flexible. We're not just, you know, we've got one product, you know, and it's kind of a, a, a Ford Model T and the color is black. You can have it any way you want it as long as it's that. That's, you know, we, we're a bit more flexible and a bit more creative because, I, you know, we understand that that's what the industry needs, needs right now. And, and I think related to that, we understand the industry so we can provide some, some, some maybe strategic guidance. What we will not do is get into the operations. Right. If you're investing in a company, you want to invest in their management. You know, you, you otherwise why? You know, that that's probably about fifty percent here. It's the IP and it's the it's the leadership. And what we liked, you know, and, and we had a chance to actually work with Avalon a bit. We did a we did a rental product with them, and and I really like that they're thrifty. You know, they got pretty far on probably the least amount of expenditure uh, of, of the companies we've seen, and, and we would love to have that mindset being taken forward. You know, as an investor. I want to know that they're being really thrifty with my with my with my capital, and um, you know. So we want to leave the operations to 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 the to, to, to the management teams. I think that'll also allow us if there's other good companies that we want to take a stake in, 
you know, knowing that we're not going to be involved in operations, that that conflict of interest is not going to be there, I think is is, is very important to communicate. Um, strategically, yes, we can we can look at to see where the market is going. We can offer some advice there because we've seen a lot, but but we're definitely not going to get involved into the day-to-day operations. Okay. okay. And by the way, we also recognize that each of these different companies bring different things, right? Yeah. I mean, we talked about Avalon. Uh, if you look at Red Tea, you know, they have an interesting approach to project development in the energy storage space, yeah. which we think is is very valuable. And um, you know, that's a perfect case where two complementary companies can bring. Uh, their relative or expertise together uh, to create what we think is going to be a successful uh, battery companies. Not the only one, but one of uh, several, certainly. And and we, uh, as we indicated through our investment platform, we'll continue to look out for other battery battery companies that we can you know, partner with support. Uh, the more they are that are successful, that have got scale, the better for the entire industry. Yeah. Okay. Well, like, you know, and I think it's a case of, and pardon the pun here, but you know, fortune favors the brave when it works, but when it doesn't work, you know, you've got you, you know, that's when people do look back and go, that that was that wasn't such a smart move. But I think what I can impl- um, admire here is the fact that you do seem to know as much as anyone else in the marketplace, and you can lead uh, in, in this space. So I'm fascinated to sort of see how that plays out. Um, because it's it's early days. It's a it's a fairly nascent space at the moment. I know you, I know you did say it has been the technology's been around, but it hasn't been around economically. I I agree with you, and, and I have two points I'd make to your statement. Um, um, fortune favors the brave, but if you, you like that, quite, uh, <laughs> what happens now? Here is a very important point I want to highlight, right? And it is this. The capital that we need to deploy to unlock this opportunity relative to what we spend building a mine, building a processing plant, mm-hmm. it's it's small, right? I mean, our electrolyte plant will cost us $10 million. What, what will it produce? 200 megawatt hours worth of electrolyte and can be scaled up uh, to four times that. And um, if at 200 megawatt hours, it is using about 1,100 metric tons of vanadium. If you wanted to build a mine and a processing plant that produces that amount of vanadium for the fuel sector, you're talking more than 10 times that amount of money. So the capital intensity is, the big capital has been spent in building the mine and building the processing infrastructure. And for us, better yet that we've been able to do it on a brownfield strategy, which means that we've done it much cheaper than it would take on a greenfield basis, right? So, so let's argue that we were proved wrong for a second and uh, the market didn't take off, uh, notwithstanding all the work that's gone into it and the research that's gone into it being, uh, being a real opportunity. We still have a large resource base. We still have a large processing infrastructure, which will only get lower in terms of its cost of production and therefore competitive supplying vanadium, even if all that we ended up doing was supplying that vanadium into the steel sector. Right. So so the, what, how big is this downside, right? And then we think it's very, very limited. The upside on the other hand is, is, is enormous. And I think the other part, so part of it is it's less, it's, it requires a whole lot less capital than what we're doing on the upstream. The other is the ability to source external capital for clean energy 
projects, yes. for clean energy products, for you know sustainability and, and, and the circular economy, that money is out there. Some of it is actually discretionary financing where it's actually cheaper than what you could ever get if you were trying to borrow money to, to build a mine and and on much favorable terms. So we, we don't have to rely on our balance sheet as far as we would have to for, for the for the mining and processing. Yes, there's some de-risking that we have to do, but that's that's again it's it's early only early stages. The ability to scale up the, the capital is there. It's just it's just looking for um, for investable opportunities, and that's what we're providing. And having said that, let's just remember we set up Bushwood Energy way back in about 2040, 2050, right? So we've been hard at work for <laughs> a good four years, um, and I think yes, that is that is why we can talk with a great deal of conviction uh, about this. Um, it's it's because when we started talking about it, and we started you know putting some resources towards it. Um, each time you have to face some level of skepticism, it's a blessing because it, it makes you rethink your assumptions, revisit the assumptions and say, we're just drinking our own Kool-Aid. And I think every single time we've done it, we've got even more conviction that it's absolutely the right time for this and that the opportunity is that real. Okay. And, and I guess in your case, Mikael, looking at the Bushville Energy component, you've made a couple of recent acquisitions um you're not looking further than that at the moment because you've kind of got to work out how this business moves forward you're in an exploratory stage in many senses aren't you well well so look the the the, the investment into the merger between red team and avalon again we're not involved in day-to-day -day management so the execution unlike you know what happens with with a van cam or a metco does not fall on the team here at headquarters that is their team um we at most play kind of an advisory role through a through, through a board participation that's it so so it actually doesn't take a lot of management resources here for execution that's done by somebody else that's already established um so if there's more opportunities like that we we are actually on on, on the lookout um if it has vanadium and it can create shareholder value we as Bushfeld are always going to going to look at those options. Um, you know what we do need to execute on is are the things more in South Africa, which is around uh, constructing and, and commissioning and producing electrolyte, um, and then deploying uh, de deploying projects. You know we uh, we put a system with uh, with Eskom. We've announced a mini grid uh, that is solar and storage. It's a commercial mini grid. We need to uh, build that and, and, build and commission that that uh, that project to show the commerciality of solar and long duration storage. And we're going to continue to build our pipeline uh, because we see there's a lot of opportunities and um, and, and, and we can make them bankable. But, 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 who's, but who's driving that car? You know, are you in the back seat or are you up front sort of working where this thing's going? I appreciate they're running day to day, it's operations and so forth, and they've got a lot of knowledge, but you can't be passive, can you? Well, I, I, again, if you're investing, you're investing in, in, in the management team. Right. And and I think day to day, we're not going to be involved. It's just okay. it's it's part of our strategy. Uh, I think it's it's essential for us to be able to deal with multiple manufacturers to say, if you guys are going to go and bid on the same project, Bushfeld is not going to be involved in that decision. We're not even going to know about it. The only thing we want to do is, is supply vanadium into that specific project. If it's in Africa, yes, we have developers there, but we intentionally don't want to get involved to it because we actually think the market is large enough for a few different companies to be successful. And we think there are some that have good management teams 
let them go and execute because they've actually executed pretty well to date. The issue why they're not larger is they've only been around for a few years and they need capital to grow. The demand is there. I think the, you know, the price spike that we saw last year, second half of last year, hurt some of these companies. They were, you know, they had to push back some of their projects. So we haven't seen as many announcements as we would have if, you know, prices were more consistent with the historical average. Yeah. You know, now it's the reverse. So it's actually a great opportunity and we call it a hedge. You know, when Vanadium prices are high, you know, Bushfeld is doing very well because on the mining side, Vanadium prices are lower. It makes the energy platform a lot more viable uh, and a lot more valuable. And right. when Vanadium prices and, and if Vanadium prices stay relatively high, because we have a rental product that is designed now, to mitigate yeah. against a high Vanadium price environment, right? right. So I think, I think, you know, when we talk about the natural hedge that energy storage provides, um, the power of that is not, is not appreciated yet, but it is incredible. Okay, yeah, now, I, I, again, I was just trying to get a sense of, I understand the mining component because it, it is linked directly to the price of Vanadium. And when you're talking about the hedging component, it's, you know, what, is the, what does that mean in reality for things like market cap, share price, growth, etc.? Is, is it, 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 as I say, you know, are you in control of your destiny in terms of what that can contribute to the company there, or is it more of a passive ride? No, in some ways we are uh, in direct control. So again, let's take an example of a project like our mini grid right there. We are the developer, so we get a development fee when that project reaches financial close. We, um, we are an investor, co-investor, so we get the return on equity or dividends from the, the, the power purchase agreement that is signed to, to, to pay for the energy that that mini grid produces. By the way, we're supplying a battery into it, so if we want to, we can charge a markup on somebody else's battery. If we're invested in that company, we get, a, we get an additional benefit because our investment has now appreciated in value because that company has now got more deployments. Um, we are supplying electrolytes, so we get a, uh, a fee for manufacturing the electrolyte into that project. By the way, we've mined the vanadium, so now we've got a sale on the vanadium. So this integration allows us really to capture value sometimes from four or six different activities on just one single project. Now, I, I wanna be honest, we're not gonna develop every single vanadium project, every vanadium battery project in the world, right? But if it's in our in Africa, then 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 it's extremely active. You know, if it's somewhere in, in let's say Australia, yeah, we're probably not involved in the development. But, but we could but be maybe we will be supplying vanadium. But we will be supplying vanadium, electrolyte, possibly possibly having an equity stake in, in into the company that is invested there, possibly having a stake into the rental product uh, um, company that that is supplying electrolyte through a rental there. So yes. there's there's a lot of different ways. Um, and it can be extremely active. I don't know who's getting, you know, six ways to make money on one project um, to, to somewhere it might be only two or three. But in either case, it's more than just vanadium. And that's mm. what integration allows us to do. Right. So I'm hearing the integration story loud and clear. It, it makes sense to me. It's well thought through. I, I get that. So what is the market not getting? Okay. Because when looking at the share price, you, we'll, we'll forget the spike that it went through at the beginning of the year. That we'll say that that's not a well, it's not an exception, which it was, but you know, do you think you're fairly priced today, given your story? How many how many CEOs will tell you? Not one, yeah. but you you know what I mean. It's, <laughs> I what I what I what I'm trying to work out is what's the market missing? What do they not know that you know? It's it's a fair question. I and I 
be honest with you, I wish I knew the complete answer to that question. Um, and, and I don't, but I can, what I can tell you is that even if we, for a second, paid no attention to the energy storage piece, right, with our production platform, the kind of growth that we have ahead of us and the sort of cost improvements on the back of greater throughput through our plants, et cetera, et cetera, I think, and I would hope that obviously the market will give us better and more recognition. And it may be, and this might just thinking about it, maybe that the market wants to see us act good, which is why, by the way, today's announcement is particularly important because when we talk about the kind of operational improvement initiatives we've been carrying out at Medco and how effective they are being, that breeds more confidence, I guess, in the market that when we say we will produce X amount, we're going to produce X amount, uh, or Benadam, we're going to meet this type of cost position, we're going to achieve that. And, and I think that there is possibly a sense in which the market was also waiting to see whether we're going to, one, complete the banking transaction and how we're going to finance it. You know, let's remember that it's only today that we announced the completion of yeah. this transaction. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I'm hopeful that, that as, 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 this gets digested, that that will reflect better in our share price. But if we go down to the to the mining downstream to the mine to the energy piece, I think that part of what we need to solve for as a company is the fact that typically, uh, when you talk to a mining analyst and they are looking at our story, invariably they will understand the mining and the processing story a lot easier mm -hmm. uh, than the downstream piece which is energy focused and if you look at I think our coverage is still predominantly from the mining sector something which we obviously uh, do need to uh, attend to and make sure that uh, we bring in our more our energy focused or capital goods focused our analysis uh, to our story which I think is will have a better appreciation of the energy storage uh, proposition for our valuation. So, so those are just some of the things that I think we can do. And then the second point, the other point I'll just highlight, sorry, not second, is that uh, we have always indicated we saw 2019 as the year in which the key building blocks of the energy storage case start to come into full focus. Mm -hmm. uh, so, look at what's happened this year, right? We have the rental product which we issued at the end of our, uh, last year. Uh, but we only we only really we, we announced the rental product the first one this year we are, are in conversations about bigger rental contracts um and uh we announced the mini grid uh at uh, at the medco our deployments piece i mean we always talked about how south africa would be a very important market for energy storage that was before escom announced that they're going to be looking to procure 1400 megawatt hours of battery storage that was before the World Bank announced that they're going to be looking to deploy a billion dollars, which will be scaled up to five billion dollars um, through other parties to promote 17,500 megawatt hours in battery energy storage deployments in the uh, low to middle income countries. That was also before the integrated resource plan was published, which was only published uh, about a week ago, which makes very clear provisions for energy storage, 2,000 megawatts, uh, and also makes very clear pro uh, provisions for renewable energy, wind particularly at just about 18,000 megawatts and, and PV solid about 8,000 megawatts. So when you look at that and the embedded generation opportunities, just the IRP, the Integrated Resource Plan of South Africa, 
the ESCOM battery program and what I mentioned in respect of the World Bank program. Check all of that together. This is not the story that's been out there for years, right? It's, it's really this year that this picture is started to crystallize. And then of course, how are we gonna work with the vanadium battery companies? It's only last week that we announced the vanadium invest Redox flow battery investment uh, platform and the uh, investment into Red T Avena. Mm -hmm. So what I'm trying to say is that is that we think now the pieces are there. We've yeah. we've we've put them on the table. I think going forward, uh, there will be greater appreciation of what that means for the proper, for the valuation and the value of bushwood minerals. And so I'm hopeful that in, as as we go forward, that will start to reflect more and more in our in our in our share price. Okay. Can I ask you about one of your partners, Escom? Recently announced a sort of unbundling of Escom in the press. Now, what's that mean for you? What could it mean for you? Well, first of all, the unbundling process is a, it's, it's the process, right? So they're starting by taking out transmission and the, and the system operator, which is actually a very good thing. It's gonna create some independence. Mm -hmm. So there, it may actually do something. Now, keep in mind that unbundling in the UK had mixed results, unbundling in the US and California led to the whole Enron scandal indirectly. But so it's not always a positive experience. Um, but I think it, 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 what it does say is that the government's trying to do something differently, which in itself is, is already a step forward. Um, you know, for us, I think, though, we're, we're also a bit hedged there. So on the one hand, we see ESCOM as a massive opportunity, and we, can, we actually think that storage can help make the power system in South Africa more efficient. It's not just about generation. It's also about optimizing transmission and distribution, uh, which covers some of these spatial differences between where you know electricity is generated today from coal and where it will be generated going forward, which is wind and, and solar. So we actually think that that's, that's part of the solution to some of the challenges that Escalon Power System have. On the other hand, think about our mini grid, right? Not only is that to, to help defray some of the costs in increasing energy, but also if, if the situation keeps getting worse, if ESCOM cannot be solved, we are protecting our asset by being able to supply some of that energy ourselves. And once we've done the first phase, we can go to a larger phase and self-supply even more. We think that other customers, especially if the situation over the next couple of years deteriorates and the unbundling doesn't help, they're gonna want that as well. So in, in either way, I think we've got a lot of opportunity to ensure that electricity supply is solved for in South Africa yeah. and batteries are gonna play a massive role. And, and we're, we're just right in, this, in the middle of that market, whether it's through ESCOM or through the private sector, we, we have an opportunity with both business cases. And, and keep in mind that the fact that they are unbounding, as he said, what I said, means that they are trying to solve for it. Yeah. And, and you know what, with the utility, that's actually when you want to be dealing with them because that means they're open to ideas, they're open to new ideas. And you look at this battery program as a classic example of that. Um, so it, it can only be positive. But I think, again, what I was trying to get to, are the Unbundling doesn't necessarily mean, mean privatization, it just means unbundling. So in your case, are there opportunities as a private or as a public company to come in and do joint ventures for some or all of the moving parts? Well, yeah, I mean, I think there the regulations aren't really changing, right? So it's not creating it. it I think, you know, the, the one part where it may create opportunities is not really tied to ESCOM. It's, you know, we've had this renewable mm -hmm. energy uh, independent power producer procurement program, REAP, 
Um, and to date, it hasn't really had storage except for CSP. CSP, concentrated solar power, had molten salt storage. That is no longer going to be part of the program going forward. So it's only wind, PV, and, and then some biomass, maybe some small amounts of coal, things like that. But with renewable energy, you now have no way to store that energy unless you're going to talk about you know, batteries or maybe some other kind of more esoteric technologies. Um, so that to us is an opportunity because ESCOM, what it wants is the ability to, to take energy any time of the day. Got it. Renewable energy you know, does not allow you to do that. And, and I think with the mandate in the IRP, that's really the opportunity for us, you know, is to couple storage with solar, with wind. And you see that happening in, in, in you know, in the US and in China quite a bit. Yeah. There's no reason not Okay. Um, thanks. Thanks for that. I, I understood. And just, just to finish off on the, the conversation where I was talking about share price, etc. Um, two questions from your shareholders. Uh, one is, what do you think is going on with this shorting at the moment? People are trying to uh, understand that. Have you got a view on that? Um, you know what? We try not to pay a lot of attention to that, to be honest with you. Um, I think that, um, and I often like to think that if anybody shorts your story, the best response you can have is deliver yeah. in our uh, fantastic business economics that that renders the shorter um, uh, that that potentially take the shorter out of business, right? That's that's what you want to do, and and I think quite frankly we're focusing on 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 the right things, but making sure we're executing on our strategy, doing the things we said we would do. Um, if we spend a lot of our time trying to hunt down who's shorting our stock, you know that's going to detract from from the real value creation. The second um, element with regards to shares is because of the potential shorting, some people are suggesting that your story is big enough and well understood to maybe consider going onto the FTSE and or the Johannesburg, Johannesburg Stock Exchange. Are those considerations for you at the moment? Well, we have, we have said that we are working towards the Johannesburg Stock Exchange listing right. in 20. Uh, we are. Uh, uh, it's work that is continuing. Um, I think that uh, when you consider, you know, an upgrade from AIM to say the main board in London, um, it's something that as a company will always consider. Um, and um, I mean, there, the, the benefits that come with that, I think, are, are there, uh, particularly if you can do that and be in say the 150 way you, you start to uh, attract index uh, tracking funds. Mm -hmm. uh, we think that will bring quite a lot of our, uh, our liquidity to the stock and bring a lot of our institutional shareholders to the stock. Um, but but again, you know, you don't want to do it for the sake of doing it. You got to pick the timing correctly. Um, and uh, at the moment, our focus and our efforts have been on the daily listing um, and uh, on making sure that we attract institutional shareholders to our register, which is still carries a, a quite a substantial uh, retail uh, shareholder tail. By the way, we're very appreciative of our retail shareholders because they've been uh, very faithful with the company and have backed the company from days when it was a one uh, and stock, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and um, But I think we do want to just make sure that we get more balance uh, within the register. So a lot of our efforts are, are towards that. Okay, fantastic. Well, I'm Fortune, Mika, lovely to catch up with you be able to share this story with hopefully some people new to it. That's that's 
what we were trying to get out of you today because I think it's a it's a great story and if told properly uh, it really stacks up so um, thanks again for your time stay in touch and uh, we'll uh, speak to you soon I appreciate your time thank you very much thank you thank you for listening if you've enjoyed the interview why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website cruxinvestor.com and of course our YouTube channel Crux Investor plus you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn we really love getting your feedback so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon